This is a special Uncommon Sense podcast for 3RRR-FM with Amy Mullins. The interview you're about to hear is with Zoe Coombs-Ma. Zoe is a comedian and theatre maker, and she joined me in the studio to talk about the encore of her comedy show, Bossy Bottom. It's showing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm so excited to have with me in the studio Zoe Coombs-Ma, who is, uh, she's an Australian performer, writer and comedian. She makes theatre of a range of, of types. I guess you can't really categorise it, to be honest. And that's probably what makes it so successful. So um, I'm welcoming now Zoe Coombs-Ma. Hi. Hi. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Well, I actually had a much longer list of achievements that I haven't even got to yet because <laughs> I thought I'd better save some for later. Um, but it is pretty impressive what you've been doing at the moment in the last what six or so years in terms of Dave and the iteration of Dave. I saw that the um, anniversary of Dave's yeah. creation came up. I had a, a Facebook memory that came up. He sort of <laughs> existed, but it was the first time I did him at the comedy festival it was six years ago yesterday. Wow. So yeah, he's, uh, I miss him. I miss Dave. <laughs> Haven't seen him in a while. He does. Well, he well, he hasn't been out since. Was it 2016? Was the last show for that? Yeah, I did. I last did him. I did a couple of shows here and there. I, I last yeah. did him in Darwin, uh, the Darwin Festival last year. Yeah, maybe. But he pops up every now and How again. How did he go in Darwin? He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite relatable. Everyone, Dave's pretty relatable yeah. to everyone. Everyone knows a Dave. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of guys called Dave. Yeah. Well, that's where it came from. The first yeah. year that I did it at the comedy festival, it was um, this great thing where they had a page in the in the guide that was just that they had all the you know it's alphabetical, but on that page it just said the Daves, and it was sort of me, and I had <laughs> built it so that I was under Dave rather than under yeah. my own name. Um, and we all, just by chance, all the Daves happened, like a lot of Daves were wearing the same shirt. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so like, it was... What kind of shirt? Check shirt? It was check shirt, yeah. yeah. Seems pretty common. Red check shirt. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's really amazing how there is this formula and kind of stereotype of the Aussie male comic of which certainly Dave is drawn from. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it's also, I mean, like you said, I do lots of different kind of things. It's it's sort of that uh, image and that sort of formula is part of, it's really just a way of communicating to an audience like, oh, it's this kind of thing. This mm. is what you're going to, this is what you can expect. So this is what you get. And I think that's, for me, that's why I'm always drawn to doing different genres and things because I like to, um, you know, I like to play with different, in different arenas. So an audience is coming in with a different expectation, which means you can do sort of more things to mess with them. Well, you definitely mess with the audience and it's so great to be messed with. Like, I think when I saw Bossy Bottom last year, that was the funniest thing I've seen ever. Oh, like, stop I'm it. not even stop building it. you up. I mean it. <laughs> like, I laughed so hard and nonstop that uh, my stomach muscles were ruined for a week. It was like <laughs> I did Pilates, which I wouldn't ever do. And, um, and I walked past when we were all filing out and like completely on a high, I looked to my left and there was a seat and like a big wet patch 
I, yeah, that's, I think I remember that show. Yeah. I took a photo of that seat. Uh, I didn't want to put, post it online at the time because I was like, well, I don't want to no. you know, shame that person. Well, that but person that, really enjoyed it. Though. That is the goal. That's the goal for me is I want, uh, and I think that's why, um, you know, sort of messing with people's expectations can, because comedy's all about, it's comedy's about lots of different things. Mm. But for me, it's really all about surprise, like that. Um, kind of, you. I want an audience to get to a place of just total hysteria where yeah. they don't know what's going on, they don't know yeah. who they are anymore, their body's, you know, misfiring and malfunctioning. Come along, what yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. Maybe people can be pre-prepared now and potentially, you know, stock up online. As, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it is it's pretty the best dangerous. I've ever been given <laughs> a wet, wet seat. Wet, seriously. Yeah. I, I looked and went, yeah, I can see how that happened. <laughs> it's definitely possible. Yeah. But there's a lot of the audience kind of looking to each other and like kind of just going, wow, this is crazy <laughs> and so like ridiculously fun. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's because I think it's like, that's what I enjoy because I love the audience. I'm obsessed with the audience and I just mm. want to sort of give them the best possible night. So everything that everything that I do is just in aid of like, oh, what are they, what's going to, you know, what what are they thinking and what can, what what is the last thing that they would expect to happen? And yeah. that's, that's always a fun place to work from for me. And mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's not, I, I was having this conversation with someone the other night about like, I don't think... I don't think that anything that I do is weird at all. Mm. To me, it's just completely logical. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely logical. It completely makes sense and it's just a way of trying to communicate with an audience. Um, so, yeah, it's not... I hate that kind of mm. that idea that it's like, oh, you're trying to be all weird. Yeah. Like, no, alternative to what? It's just... I'm yeah. just, trying to, just trying to communicate. Well, I actually think... Yeah, it's not alternative. You're using these conventions and you're kind of, you're either like giving a big nod to them or you're flipping them or you're, you know, highlighting in a big flashing sign that what you're doing and making a joke out of that. Like you're using great implements like cameras and live videos (laughs) and slides behind you and this great use of repetition that happens Stop throughout it. the show. I'm getting all embarrassed. No, but like I was really impressed and what did kind of resonate was, and it was funny, it was in the Herald Sun, which is also interesting, that they reviewed that show and said that it was really intelligently put together and so it wasn't just like funny. I'm but very smart. I'm very, You are very, very clever. clever. <laughs> well, a lot of people have like, you know, hinted to the whole meta, you know, description of what you're doing yeah. but like when I was watching it, not only was I just enjoying it but I was also going, God, this is really smart and how on earth like how long did that take to, you know, come up with all these, you know, repetitious things and like little seeds that you plant at one point that then you bring back? It's actually just, I don't think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that clever. I'm just, it's really just the way my brain works. It's just, I, like for instance, a lot of people, um, I have this big gripe against storytelling <laughs> just because everyone loves storytelling. Yeah. Everyone loves a story. I personally don't – like I'm unable to uh, think in a straight line. So for me, uh, the like if I sit down to write a list, even this sentence, it's gone mm. in a circle already. If I sit down to write a list, I can't get to the end of the list. I'll end up writing all over the page. And I think yeah. it's just the way that – 
I like to think in in terms of like connections between things, and that's like I say, I don't think that anything I'm doing is like that clever or weird. I'm just like, well, of course that, of course you would repeat that, or yeah. of course that comes back there because that's the way that those things order themselves in my brain. Mm. So it's really just you're opening your brain up for everyone to see. Yeah, and oh, and what a delightful <laughs> brain. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's not just then the techniques that you're using, but the content that you're discussing or putting on show and examining. And, I mean, a lot of that content is unique in a sense because, as we know, in Australian comedy, up until maybe five or six years ago, it was pretty rare to see too many female comedians, Mm. you know, having like being majorly billed as like a a big um, ticket drawer and and someone who was up there with the dudes. Yeah, but oh God, we're killing it at the moment. You are killing it. I I agree. I really think you are. And it's kind of really refreshing that I don't have to now only have kind of the dudes to pick from. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the biggest uh, the biggest names in the festival are, you know, women like Judith Lucy, mm. Hannah Gadsby, all of those those massive names, um, you know, Anne Edmonds. There's some amazing women doing stuff. I think it's sort of that kind of... It's, comedy is such a funny world because it, it really exists in this... Um, it comes up mostly through these kind of open mic nights, which are very blokey and they're very male dominated environments and so the sorts of audiences that go to them are quite have a very they're very straight and very kind of male-ish or they're mm. they're there to see dudes so their um their norm and what they relate to is very much like male oriented yeah so i think if you're performing in those like when i was coming up through those sorts of things it was always trying to communicate to that audience they just wouldn't get what you were necessarily talking about so now i think it's exciting because audiences have become more diverse their audiences have more access to better things and so then you can have other conversations mm-hmm. uh you know you can't you, you can't sort of you can't talk about something in in comedy people aren't going to get it if you're not talking about something that they understand they know. know that's not their fault yeah. it's just about that sort of diversity of those platforms really and not everyone is catered for in that open mic scene. Not That's, that there's anything yeah, wrong yeah. with that scene. That mm. scene's fine, but just not for everyone. Mm-mm, yeah. I did read about your experience and you mentioned that there was a Sydney gig that was quite pivotal for your kind of understanding of the scene and also what you would do, like how you would fit or not fit in that scene. And mm. um, that seemed to be, I mean, I was pretty shocked at the male comedian who, you know, said something to a woman in, in the audience. I won't even say it because I think it was just really inappropriate. Yeah. But I, in terms of those kind of horrifically almost bullying statements to audience members, which you have also, you know, highlighted in your own stand-up and saying, oh, just a bit of bullying when hmm. you're making fun of it. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what was it about that experience that kind of moved you or pushed you towards a different way of doing comedy? Well, I think for me, like that particular show where um, this guy just attacked the audience was, for me, it was a couple of things. I already had Dave brewing, like he already existed as a character um, and I was sort of struggling to reconcile doing Dave at the same time as kind of trying to be myself on stage. So it was a bit confusing. (laughs) It was also confusing coming back the other way, actually, because I had all these strange Dave mannerisms. (laughs) Daveisms. Yeah, (laughs) I was like doing things on stage going, well, that's not me. I don't do that. 
but I suppose now I do. Um, <laughs> the thing with that was it really made me think about it was just a breaking point mm. of like I don't fit into this world. This is not the – this is – I can't – communicate to this audience in the way that I want to in a way that's going to be satisfying for them and I also like I say I really love the audience and I Mm. really want to um, make them have a great time and that medium the way that it's set up now this guy had a particular breakdown was like particularly awful but it sort of came out of what that relationship with the audience is that's this Mm. really combative thing and it's like oh yeah like I'm the boss and I've got the microphone and I'm going to tell you how it is and I I just couldn't fit into that so and it's not how I view my relationship with the audience it's not the kind of relationship I want to have so Mm. I felt like I I couldn't I just couldn't I I just couldn't fit in that and it was a really difficult time actually it was really upsetting and really Uh sort of um a weird thing to go like I can't I can't do this and Dave came out of a real place of frustration and um you know I was pretty ready to quit mm. um and then everyone you know Dave went well and pulled me back in and and now I I do have the platform where I can have that nice more empathetic like relationship with an audience where you can actually look after them and be it's more of a, a feedback type mm. of process where you're kind of you know, they're as much a part of it as I am. I'm not the boss. I'm just sort of carrying the experience. So it's it's a different kind of thing. And it's a, it's a nice place to be now. Yeah. Well, it is a really inclusive space to be in. You don't feel – you're not freaking out like someone's yeah. going to start <laughs> picking you out and, like, putting you on the spot in a really awkward way. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people who go to comedy shows – have that like it's anxiety yeah and that's about trust as well mm. the other thing i love is it goes both ways like i actually love walkouts i love when someone walks <laughs> out of my show because i'm like if you if this is not for you mm. it's so not for you and that's the the night is yours i don't want to hold people hostage yeah so if people are having a bad time i always give them the option to leave and it doesn't it doesn't upset me anymore mm. it would have in the past but now i'm just like oh Good for you. Yeah. Get out of here. (laughs) That's no fun. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. And I guess, as you're saying, you're catering to a different crowd, but a fairly broad crowd, really. And just like we were saying off air, Hannah Gatsby has such a really broad crowd. Yeah. And you've been supporting Hannah very recently and she needs my support she She does does need my support yeah Yeah. i'm pretty much making that show yeah most people in australia wouldn't know her and (laughs) definitely not beyond here it's good to support up and coming acts i say and she's definitely one to watch she is (laughs) (laughs) and she's going places i mean you did win a barry award before hannah i did i opened a lot of doors for hannah gatsby basically (laughs) is what we're saying yeah she owes me a lot yeah yeah when's your (laughs) netflix special (laughs) uh probably never probably never (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it is one of those shows that, like, it'll be different to be there because it is a very much experiential. The Hannah show? No, your show. I th- there is, a, <laughs> like, an interaction. Yeah. Like, I went to Hannah's show too when it was um, Nanette, when it was at yeah. the comedy festival, and it was really moving to be part of that and, like, definitely emotive. And then in your in your comedy show, it's like a whole other thing in, in the sense that you're, like, yeah, as you say, bringing – it's, like, kind of an equal – relationship in a way yeah. like I feel like we're doing barely anything to contribute but you're like 
It's definitely not oh, just look, you I, standing up there. I have done shows without much of an audience, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> you? you're doing a lot to contribute. Oh, right, there. okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty different when there's no one there. Yeah, <laughs> the audience is, I would say, vital. Okay, so yeah. if you're cacking yourself laughing, you're uh, contributing in some way. Yeah, yeah, Okay. that's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think I did something then. Um, yeah, it is really interesting to see that. Um, now, let's talk a bit, a little bit about your upbringing as well, because sure. I was so interested. I'm from the country or what people would call the country if they're from the city um but it's more coastal but my other family was real country right and i feel like there is this kind of openness about people who've grown up in the country and probably don't necessarily like have as much of a filter like i don't have a huge filter (laughs) whenever i meet anyone i really struggle to like lie or pretend yeah and i wondered whether you had a similar kind of way of being yeah i don't know if it's because i'm from the country but i i am very i'm very honest yeah uh often to my detriment <laughs> um <laughs> and very trusting as well yeah. i kind of i find yeah when people are really you take uh, it at face value yeah i'm just like here's my face there's yeah. your face we're talking to each other's faces why would i read into anything yeah, yeah. why would i not so that i always find it and that's probably naivety in a way, but I, I always find it very shocking when anyone lies to you, and especially yeah. like in showbiz, that does actually happen a bit. <laughs> and I'm always like, what? That like every time I'm yeah. confused by it. But, um, yeah, I think being from the country, for me, being from the country, um, because you're in like a, a smaller, it's a smaller group of people and going mm. to school in the country and things, I think is really important. Uh, the most important thing that I got out of that is being surrounded by lots of, lots of different people actually um different you know they're like different socioeconomic kind of there's a there's more of a breadth there Mm. rather than you know in the city going to like a private school or whatever and you actually get used to you're only used to being around people who are quite similar to yourself in a lot of ways that's I mean that's my experience Mm. I I feel comfortable with lots of different people but that's also because I grew up in the country and I'm I'm quite privileged really you know I'm middle class kind of family um my my dad's a country solicitor so (laughs) I'm not I'm not a very fancy person but I you know I feel comfortable around um all sorts of different kinds of people and I don't really I think that kind of idea of hierarchy is is flattened out a bit in those kind of country communities yeah because they're they're right there there. isn't yeah exactly (laughs) They're kind of like, well, not all of them, but like often you'll feel more of an extended family mm. and treat each other that way and, you know, have yeah. the street party and have your, you know, barbecue where everyone comes around. and Yeah, and there's, you're, more, you're sort of in close proximity, like the whole... It, sort of everyone there's not that mm. many people so everyone's no. sort of... Everyone's there. Everyone's, and everyone knows everyone's business. Yeah, and you're not... <laughs> and there's that real thing of like, well, you're not better than anyone else, yeah. are you? Because you're not. That's the truth, but... Um, I think sometimes people forget that. They do, they do. It Certainly comedy can help remind them of <laughs> that. <laughs> but could we, I'd love to hear more because you said that Dave has these Daveisms, and when I, I'd only seen Bossy Bottoms, so yeah. I looked back at um, one of your Dave shows on Vimeo, I think it was, and I could see some of the similarities in technique, but obviously you... Yeah, you're st- yourself in Bossy Bottom. You're not Dave. No, so there well, is I mean, a difference. I, I am Dave. You are Dave. Dave is me. <laughs> where, where do you think you diverge then? Well, we've got very similar bone structure. Yeah, me and Dave. Um, 
Um, <laughs> where do we? Well, I guess because Dave's like a parody of hack stand up. So I was yeah. doing stand up as myself before mm. that, and then Dave was, and I did Dave for a long time. Dave came out of my understanding of stand up. So he is doing stand up, and because I did him for a long time, I got better at doing stand up through doing Dave. So now my stand-up, even though I'm myself, there are certain things that I learnt through doing Dave. Yeah, so mannerisms yeah. like things like leaning on the microphone stand, which I never did as myself, and now mm. I do it all the time because Dave parodied it, but I'm doing it as myself. So the layer of irony is gone and I'm just being a hack, <laughs> So, which some of that is enjoyable. Yeah. Other times it's not. But when I first, when I, I first started doing you know, coming back to doing stand-up as myself, the first few gigs were really weird and quite scary because it was like I would sort of suddenly be possessed. The other thing that I do, which is a real hacky stand-up thing, is after you say a sentence just to sort of yell um into the microphone, which is there to cover up if people don't laugh. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's what she said, um. (laughs) And I do it all the time. It's terrible. But, oh, well. I'm so going to listen out for that yeah. now at any comedy show. You won't be able to What a good that one. tip. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, how hilarious. Giving away all the tricks. You are. This is great. Um, so in terms of Bossy Bottom and you're bringing it back for an encore, what was the reception like for you, not just the audience, but then your peers and your reviewers and you know how did you feel that it went being yourself and like talking about your life and your family which Mm. isn't the entire content but you are like revealing more of yourself presumably in this um stand-up show than when you're Dave yeah look it was pretty scary it was a pretty risky sort of thing because I'd been this character for so long and I I mean I say this in the show like you know I'm if if it didn't work out, I would be proving the point. Women aren't funny. But <laughs> so there was a, a genuine fear that it's like, yeah. oh, maybe Dave is funnier than I am. And I think Dave is a little bit funnier oh, than I don't I know. Am. But, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it went well. It was, yeah. it, I'm sure lots of people didn't like it. Um, I don't know what my peers really thought. I, like, you know, comedians, you'd have to ask them. Um, so I'm sure some people liked it, some people didn't. But yeah, it was. It felt really risky, but it was really yeah. nice to. Sort of, I felt like I had a lot to prove mm. in a way. But you didn't regret it, which no, is the no. main thing, right? I think I didn't want to keep doing Dave because mm. that felt like I would have gotten stuck into this. I would have gotten stuck in this character, and that's not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, I. It felt like the scariest thing, so I had to do it. Yeah, that was. That's you know, if if. If something's really scary, especially as a performer, you know, what what am I doing it for if not to do the risky, scary thing? Yeah. But it really could have... It could have gone terribly. Could have, could have been the worst. <laughs> Just like, ooh. And I know, actually, people have said to me since then, oh, yes, went to see a show. I was quite, quite trepidatious going... I was quite scared because it was like, oh, no, what if... what Like, the audience yeah. was feeling that same fear as well. Like, what if... What if she's not funny? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess relief. Yeah, we've gotten over that now. hurdle. Yeah, and I, it's nice bringing it back now because there's a few... When I first did the show, it was really just about shaking off Dave and just being like, you know, this show is... 
I genuinely set out to make a straight stand-up show, just to do stand-up. Mm. Did you jokes. really? I genuinely <laughs> did, did. I was like, I'm just going to do a simple stand-up yeah. show. It's just going to be stand-up. And then I wrote all that stuff and I was like, well, this is boring. And, <laughs> and I couldn't help myself. So yeah. that's, And then as I wrote into it further, I was like, oh, well, now I've got, well, okay, well, we've got, the, okay, we've got a time loop. Oh, there's a drone. Um, <laughs> so I... <laughs> It's nice coming back to it, though, because there's some of the ideas in it that uh, have solidified a little more. Mm. So it was just sort of getting it off that first time. So there's a few new ideas that have crystallised since then that'll be in this this return a little bit. Well, that's a bit different. Exciting to hear. I wonder. Given that you also work in the theatre, yeah, um, and you know, write—that's how you have to say it. The theatre, well. theatre, uh, Whether there is any back and forth or use of different skills or tools in in those, and whether you draw on acting and theatre making at all in your comedic shows. I just I view it all as pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I think if you're you know, comedy, stand up comedy is theatre. And theatre, it can be comedy. It's the same sorts of things. Mm. It's just a different. It's just a different framework. Yeah. It's just a different context. But when you're making it, I think the same skills are used. If and every, I think every kind of every comedian, every theatre maker, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it, like because genres, genres bogus anyway. It's just made up. Mm. Um, it's just for you know, it's made up for like so you I say, can like categorize people, yeah. So you can go, oh, we'll put that on next to that thing, and and those things are similar. Mm. But I think if you're, you know, what your aim is, my aim is to have this particular relationship with an audience and communicate particular things in particular ways. So there's mm. things that really tickle me, and I get really excited about. Um, and that's sort of the same in theatre and comedy. It's just you just have to do it in a slightly different way because the audience is expecting something different. So you, if you want to flip their expectations, you just have to know what the expectation is. So in the theatre, yeah. they expect this sort of thing, and mm. so, but it's this for me. It's the flipping that I like. It doesn't really matter what what it's about. Mm. It's like you know, comedians jokes are the same sort of things. Like comedians don't do all their jokes about the same topics. But the joke, it's the it's the like mechanism of the joke that is that you're going for. Yeah, that's yeah. fun and exciting. So mm. yeah, I don't know if that made any sense at yeah, all. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the same. Yeah. So the difference then really bigger is... budgets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more money, nicer dressing rooms. Yeah. Oh really? Yep. Mm. And uh, more staff. And you probably don't have to announce yourself. No, you don't. That's such a weird. Isn't that a weird? thing yeah that, yeah really weird but you just kind of have to do it yeah although i've seen a few shows lately that are not doing that yeah and works quite well they just walk on stage to music and the audience knows to clap yeah i don't think anyone would go oh god who's that i, you know, I have to check my ticket <laughs> some people might really yeah some people might <laughs> um let's quickly touch on the content some of it because you're the way or the perspective from which you're coming from is different because of your lived experience being different. Like mm. every comedian presumably has a case coming from another place and often their life is part of what they use or um, where they're coming from at least, the framework with which they're working. Yeah. And I really enjoy the way that you highlight, I guess, the when you talk about straight people and, and like <laughs> straight people culture and I just... 
I'm not at all offended or like <laughs> shocked or you know oh how dare someone group me in with all other straight people like no. do you well, know what I mean well, yeah it actually some comedians might put people offside if it was done in a way that was kind of had malice to it but you're doing it in a that's like actually just generous and you know funny Stop like it. no but I actually think that was what was working so well in your show was yeah. because you're talking about like not everyone is going to understand your lived experience but yeah. you're not alienating no. the audience at all in fact you're bringing them in yeah well I think the, I get a lot of people like wow oh, you make such political work like why do you what what made you choose like I actually had someone ask me a question <laughs> recently it was like what first drew you to being a female comedian oh my god <laughs> like, that's the funniest my biology <laughs> but it's like when when I'm making stuff, I, I never set out to, like, yeah. make political stuff. Like, it, we only view it as political because it's not the norm that we're used to. Mm. But if I'm making jokes about being queer and, you know, being a woman, so that's my experience politicised, so then it becomes political comedy. Yeah. But, like, so so's talking about your wife. Yeah. You know, like, it's... So is making jokes about the wife and kids. Like, that stuff is political as well. It's just that we don't view it like that. Yeah, it's not labelled. And it would be a bit weird if I was like, well, my wife and kids. Well, actually, I had that's. (laughs) I did that stuff as Dave. Well, not that Dave's married, I think. No, yeah. Struggling. Yeah, no, no one wants Dave. (laughs) He's a nice guy. He's still got boxer shorts, though, which I feel is one definite drawback. Yes, the satin boxer shorts. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I've got a. (laughs) I have a whole bag of just like. Dave's Dude clothes. clothes. Yeah. Yeah, that say like party animal on them. Oh, wow. Like, oh, the best. I love those yeah. shorts. They're really easy to find. That they are shops are full of them. Oh, full really? of them. Novelty boxer shorts. Yeah. But yeah, I think that sort of everyone can only like I don't have a problem with straight male comics yeah. as a as a thing. They they're fine. They're just speaking their truth and their experience. It's just that that's not the only truth mm. or experience. And so and it's not universal. No, it's not universal. Yeah. I mean and it, the idea of something being relatable is hilarious when it's used as this sort of this definite oh, it's like that guy is relatable. It's like, well, the word relatable is by its nature relative, isn't mm, it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't just be point blank relatable. relatable. Yeah. You can be relatable to something. So it's not relatable to me. I find that stuff yeah. incredibly, you know, alienating because mm. it's like, well, you know when your wife, no. No, I don't. Until a couple of, until very recently I couldn't even have a wife. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I think it's an interesting thing, but it's also kind of, it's just funny. It's just silly when you go like, "Oh, that's not, it's not, that's not universal." It's yeah. kind of absurd to think that it is. Yeah, it's really interesting about like this idea of like male being universal and women being other, and it's been like in culture for such a long time. And Simone de Beauvoir was, you know, yeah. a big part of highlighting it. Um, many other women, but. Yeah, like when I watched the Dave video and you were talking about like, oh, the clitoris, like, you yeah. know, where is it? Oh, you know, it's the ladies, like, fault for <laughs> yeah. hiding it and all this stuff. And, God, it brought back some discussions that I, we've all had about, like, 
you know where is the where clitoris? is it? <laughs> but you know also does it exist is it yeah is it there well you know this great <laughs> melbourne female urologist actually dissected cadavers and found it and it's like huge yeah it's, oh, it's not massive. just a, yeah it's not the tip of the iceberg it's actually like a real thing but like <laughs> you know not that it's a competition but it pretty much is better <laughs> than you know the other anatomy of well in you know like boys versus girls, boys versus Our girls generals it's all about are better. That. yeah seriously <laughs> we're so much better no i'm <laughs> but i feel like you know and it goes back to all this horrible stuff about freud and you know yeah like just really ridiculous things but that whole idea of like men versus women i feel like that comes up in comedy so often yeah. not just like the this reductionist idea of biology but also, you know, how the sexes interact or don't and how women are and, you know, how men are. And it seems like a really cheap and easy way to do comedy. Yeah, it's a lot of – it's a pretty old school trope. Like a lot of – and I think the reason I started doing all the the clitoris stuff with Dave (laughs) – was because it was just this trope that you would see all the time and you'd see these guys and you're like, they're doing this stuff like, whoa, where's the clitoris? And it's really just because <laughs> it's like audiences know that's like a thing, that's a joke yeah. that they get. Because I'd be watching them, I'd be like, you know where you know, it is. Yeah. You can find it. I know you. I'm sure you can find the clitoris. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not that hard, though, is it? No, it's, like, not even close to difficult. So why are we doing these jokes? There's, yeah. there's a lot of jokes, like a lot of comedy fare that is just kind of... It's just recognisable as a joke. Mm. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's kind of... It's fun to point out those things as being tropes because then you kind of... The audience can kind of go like, oh, yeah... Yeah, that is silly. Yeah. <laughs> so once I did Dave, um, I was on a lineup. There's been some fun things happen when I've been doing Dave on lineups because it would often be I'm the only woman and there would, would be, you know, a bunch of other guys. Yeah. Once I did that act and a couple of acts after me, another comic came on and basically did the same act. Really? It was really, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really bizarre. But pretty much every time I've done it, they've been some crossovers and i'm not doing that maliciously i'm not going oh i'm gonna really screw this guy up by doing his jokes before he does it just make sure i'm first on the list it just happened that (laughs) that they would have the same yeah they would have the same material because i'm doing kind of common uh tropes common material yeah and that's that's what happens when you use that common material. I mean, we all do it. Everyone's got, yeah. you know, jokes about, oh, my, my dad said this. Like, I've got yeah. that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, Not everything dad can jokes, be mum completely jokes. original. Yeah. No, I really, like, when you talk about your mum and <laughs> impersonate her in this show, I just, like, thought she was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met her, but I was like, wow, what a cool mum. Oh, uh, she is pretty cool. <laughs> my mum's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the voice you put on is, like, I don't know if that's realistic. It's real. Really? It's real. Yeah, my mum and my sisters all have really high voices. Wow. And um, (laughs) my partner, they're all minuscule as well. They're like elves. I'm average to tall height. They all come up to my shoulders. So any photo with them, it's like (laughs) my my three daughters. I've got two sisters and mum is is tiny as well. So they kind of speak like little birds. They're like little woodland creatures. Yeah, yeah. And... My partner once, we were up, I don't know, I sometimes talk about this in the show, but mm. 
we were at my family home and um, my sisters were having a conversation in the other room and my partner Kate was like, we were reading the newspaper and she looked up at one point and went, oh, they're talking. I thought it was birds. <laughs> they have been having this conversation the whole time. <laughs> That's how they sound. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we've run out of time, which is tragic for me, but oh. guess what? You can go to the show. So... <laughs> What like and there are tickets left, right? There are tickets left. Yeah, yes. but it is selling fast. I'm going to say that because it is now that everyone's heard you speak once more, and I'm sure since people have seen you supporting Hannah Gadsby, oh, they they're would running have... out of the door exactly. before Hannah even starts. Oh, they're like, get me a ticket get me to a Bossy ticket. Bottom. They'll be like, actually, you're not allowed phones in Hannah's show, are you? No, you're not. That's yeah, I noticed that. It's a really interesting development too. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's really good. Stick it in one of those like locked locked things. things. Well yeah. they do it at movie premieres. It's pretty common at movie premieres, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we should do that more often. Um so go along to Bossy Bottom and what are the dates? Uh, it's on from the 9th to the 14th of April, so it opens next Tuesday and uh, so next it's at Tuesday. the Western, isn't it? It's at the Western Hotel, yep. yeah, and it's on at, I believe it's on at 7pm. That is just so, so easy to it's make. very civilised. Very, very civilised. Yeah, you can have an early dinner, yeah. a late dinner. Oh, it's lovely. It's perfectly placed. <laughs> no worries anytime <laughs> i i will definitely see it again because i'm going to drag my family along because oh, i know great. that they will definitely enjoy it well i'll see you there definitely so thank you zoe for coming in and congratulations on everything you're doing and your theater work as well which is clearly also going so well and being nominated for green room awards recently so well, yeah yeah didn't win but... no i was that last night <laughs> last yeah night. yeah but still, you know, you're up there, yes. up there. Well, thank you. Thanks Killing so much. It. Oh, gosh, I feel so flattered. My pleasure. Zoe Coombs-Ma, she's a comedian and a theatre maker and she's been joining me for the last half an hour or so to talk about her wonderful co-bossy bottom, which is at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm Amy Mullins and you've been listening to the Uncommon Sense podcast. Uncommon Sense is a radio show broadcast on 3RRR FM in Melbourne every Tuesday between 9am and 12pm.